Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. Uh, today's topic is bright line eating when life feels hard. And uh, I couldn't really talk about anything else right now. You know, I was talking with um, Jen Moon, my content creation, uh, whatever her title is, <laughs> content creation specialist, director, whatever. And, um, you know, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do the weekly vlog on. And she was like, you know, you're going on a vacation. You could talk about, you know, how to handle bright line eating on vacations. You're, you could talk about the 14 day challenge. You could talk about the book launch. And I was like, and I called her back and I was like, I'm going to talk about bright line eating when the chips are down, bright line eating when life feels hard, bright line eating when you don't know if you can take another step, because that's just kind of where I'm at right now. And you know me, sometimes I just, you know, all I can do is get real with stuff. Um, yeah, this week has been, this week has been one of the hardest weeks of my life. Um, and, um, you know, it's all been business stuff, bright line eating stuff. Um, you know, last week I put out a vlog saying, hey, the book launch is starting. I was so excited. You know, we have 21 days to sell 20,000 books. We're going to try to shoot for the New York Times bestseller list. You know, here's a link. I, you know, click down below to buy a book. Click down below to buy the 14-day challenge, which will give you a free book, which will count for the, for the you know, the 20,000. and. Um, the day after that, um, Hay House sent an email to their entire list, like 1.2 million people. The Food Revolution Network sent an email to their entire list. We sent an email to our entire list. And I woke up that morning, which was Thursday, um, last week, um, just with a knot in my stomach. I just, I just felt kind of like, oh. and, um, I was thinking in my head, you know, that day was the day that we were getting support from people. Like those people weren't going to send emails for us again and um, necessarily. And like that was the day I was thinking, you know, we need to sell like 10,000 books today. Um, and I was thinking in my head, what if we only sell like 3,000? Is there any way that we could get to 20,000 books? You know, what if we only sell 3,000? What do we do? You know, and that was kind of my range, 3,000 to 20,000. And that's kind of... And um, as the day wore on, I was looking at the numbers and I just, this, the sinking feeling got worse and worse and worse. And, um, you know, by the end of that day, we'd sold 800 books, like in total. And I was like, and that was it. Like the support, that was it. That was our big day of support. Like we blew our wad on that day. Yay. And that was it. 800. And I was like, oh dear. <laughs> and, you know, um, it's not actually like, yeah, I definitely have ego investment in wanting a best-selling book, mostly because I really want people to read the book and be helped by it. You know, that was the whole purpose of actually starting this whole Bright Line Eating thing was just wanting to get the word out about something that I knew could be so helpful to people. Um, not all people, but, you know, some people, my people. There's a certain slice of the population that just needs this message so badly. And... Um, so it's not even about that. It's, it's about my team. It's about me. Like we've put so much into building, you know, there's a lot of back end that goes on here, building funnels and building stuff, you know, pages and order forms and, you know, shooting videos and all this stuff. I killed myself practically shooting videos through December to create this new course, the 14 day challenge. And like all of this stuff had gone into this. And like, if this didn't work, you know, um, yeah, we were trying to hit the bestseller list, but we also like, there's a big payroll here. Like if this doesn't work, like 
we got to pay bills and like just like survive, you know. So we kind of didn't have it in us to start from scratch and figure out what went wrong. And, you know, you ever have that feeling of, um, well, I'll go back to when my um, Davids and my twins were born, um, you know, 16 weeks early and they weighed one pound, six ounces and one pound, seven ounces. And so many people asked me as I walked through that without eating addictively, I didn't eat a single addictive bite for the years surrounding that, before that, during that, after that. And people said, how do you walk through that? I mean, even people who didn't know anything about how I weighed and measured my food or anything, they were just like, how do you survive? But, you know, people who knew were like, how do you not eat through that, you know? And um, people were asking me the same thing this week, like, how do you not eat through that? And the, or even how do you survive through something? And it's like, what choice have you got? You know, sometimes life just puts you in a situation and it's like, you're going to live through this because really what option have you got? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just left foot, right foot. Like, how do you survive something? One breath at a time. And, um, you know, so um, I was watching my team kind of, you know, there's, there's some melting down happening and like people are um, stretched to the max and it's coming out sideways in all kinds of interesting ways. And, um, you know, and I've been feeling it. I've just been feeling the heaviness, like just a lot of heaviness and um, a lot of stress. And um, I've also been feeling a lot of love from folks like just my bright lifers in particular. I just got to put a shout out to my bright lifers. I love you guys so much. I have felt your love so much. And you bought a lot of books, <laughs> you bright lifers. And um, yeah, and yeah. So let me just talk a little bit about how I haven't eaten this week um, addictively. I mean, I've eaten. I've eaten breakfast, I've eaten lunch, and I've eaten dinner. And I haven't taken a single bite, lick, or taste of food outside of breakfast, lunch, and dinner with no sugar, no flour, and every bite of food put on a digital food scale. How did I do that this week? Feeling pretty much all week like I look right now. Like, just feeling like, yeah, this is hard. Um, well, I think the first thing I have to say is for anyone who's going through a hard time, um, what I experienced and what you might experience if you try to do bright line eating is that the saboteur really plays on that. Like you deserve to eat something. Oh my goodness, I was at a Super Bowl party on Sunday and it was like, <laughs> you know, the spread was out. And the saboteur wants me to think that I deserve to eat some of that food. And... Um, What I want to say is that at a moment like that, there's different parts of us. There's a different, different parts of me. There's a part of me that's feeling downtrodden and exhausted and needy and um, in need of soothing, you know, in need of comfort, in need of rest. And that's the part that's saying, oh, you know, just some some treats right now would really do the trick. And it would for a little bit, right? Like uh, food oblivion is a real thing. Food coma is a real thing. Absolutely, I could sit on a couch with some binge food and buy myself a really good solid half hour or hour of oblivion. I really could. The consequences after that would be severe. And for me, after that and after that, because for me, sugar climbs into my head and you know, wrecks me for a few days. Um, but what I want to point out is that that part of us that need, that's feeling like 
oh, I deserve to eat something, it's actually serving a purpose in that plea, in that request. And the purpose is like letting us know that it needs some TLC, it needs some comforting, it needs some loving. Um, for me, what I did a lot this week is I made some phone calls um, to people whom I know to be incredibly loving and supportive. And I reached out for help. I said things like, I'm not doing so good, I could really use an ear. Here's what's going on. Um, I did that a lot this week. Um, another thing that I like to do is to try to, I, I call it becoming a pillow-seeking missile. <laughs> After the kids go to bed, it's like, how quickly can I get to bed? Just because sleep is gonna be such a self-nurturing, caring thing. Now, back in the day, I used to sleep 14 hours a day. It was a part of my depression, and in those days, sleeping wasn't a nurturing thing. In the life I lead today, getting a really good night's sleep is one of the most nurturing things I can do for myself. Um, I just actually called my mom and asked her to buy groceries for me because I couldn't find on my calendar when I could do it. And um, I didn't wanna have to do it after the kids went to bed because um, because I just know that that means I won't be turning out the lights until 11 o'clock or midnight. And, um, and I can't afford that right now. I can't afford five and a half hours of sleep right now. I really can't. And um, my mom is buying groceries for me right now. Thanks, mom. Um, so I don't know what is nurturing to you. Some of my additional favorite nurturing things are bubble baths, cuddling with a teddy bear, going to the movies. I actually took some time out. The Oscar movies are out right now, and um, I'm a big fan. And I saw three movies in three days, and I don't think I saw three movies in all of last year put together. So three movies in three days was a big deal for me. And I saw Hidden Figures, which was amazing. I saw Lion, which was amazing. And I saw La La Land, which was amazing on back-to-back -back days. And each of those days, I got two hours to just get transported to someone else's world, someone else's universe, and just take a load off. And in every case, I felt so much better walking out of that theater. So thank you to the people who are making amazing art so that the rest of us can get carried away from our lives for a little bit. It's really amazing work. Just brilliant movies, all three of them. So um, what else? do I want to say? I want to say that um, the truth about the truth about the truth about why I'm not eating addictively right now is because I have automatic habits set up. The truth is that, you know, mealtime comes and I'm not even thinking about it. I'm putting my food on the scale and I'm looking in the fridge for the right ingredients and I'm just putting it together. I'm putting it in the microwave. I'm putting it on the stove. It's coming together. It's six ounces of this. It's four ounces of that. And I'm not thinking about that any more than you're thinking about squeezing the tube of toothpaste onto your toothbrush, you know, as you talk to your spouse or your friend, you know, whatever, as you're brushing your teeth. Like, as I don't think about it any more than you think about putting on your left pant leg and your right pant leg and your sock and your shoe. It's just, it's happening. The, the bright line meals are thrown together on the digital food scale, getting to the table. I'm eating them. I'm probably on my smartphone listening, reading texts, texts, listening to Voxer messages, reading email, going on to the next thing. Like the bright line meals just happen. They just happen. They happen because I have years under my belt of habits that have served me so well. And that means that when 
really life gets super, super hard, I don't have to think about weighing and measuring my food. It just happens. The bowl comes out of the cupboard and it goes on the scale. It never even touches the counter. It goes right onto the scale in one motion. And that is one motion that I have done 15,000 times. I just recently celebrated 5,000 days of Bright Line Eating. 5,000 days. That means 15,000 meals. That means I don't have to think about this anymore. But you know what? That's like, you know, it's been over a little over a decade. A decade is going to pass for you too. Whether you choose to use that decade setting up the habits of Bright Line Eating so that you don't have to worry about, you know, living in a right-sized body and feeding yourself healthful foods in the middle of this insane food climate or not. A decade is going to pass. A month is going to pass. A year is going to pass. You might as well take that time now to set up habits that will turn into automatic rivers, pathways in your brain, electrical fiber tracks in your brain that will be so grooved and so deep that you don't even, when, when the most unthinkable thing happens in your life, and I'm not trying to pretend that, you know, I know that, um, you know, like Susan, Susan's book may not be a bestseller is not actually what was so hard about this week, right? It was like, you know, it's the, it's the financial stress, it's, the, it's worrying about my team melting down, it's all of that stuff. It's like, oh wait, we actually don't have it in us to pivot and figure out something else right now. It's all that, right? Um, but whatever your, you know, whatever your big deal, if you're an Atlanta Falcon right now, you know, your world just came crashing down. And I know, oh, you didn't win the Super Bowl, doesn't seem like a big deal to someone else. But we all have our personal issues, right? We all have our, our worst day. And it may not be equivalent to someone else's worst day. <sighs> but I, the point is, I just want you to have automatic habits when your worst day does come, when something comes down the pike that feels really awful, so that you're not headed to the freezer. You're not headed to the, to the cupboard for a bag of something. You know, you're not headed to the phone to call takeout. You're not in the car driving somewhere, you know, to take a load off to, you know, order takeout or just get something to relieve, to relieve it because it doesn't relieve it. It just leaves us heavier with less reserves, less resources because sugar, of course, corrodes our brain and our thinking and turns our thinking so negative it doesn't relieve it, maybe for half an hour or an hour. And then it's just worse because we feel ill. If we're really high on the susceptibility scale, we might, you know, really feel awful about ourselves afterwards. It doesn't relieve it. So the last thing I want to say, so the first one was understand that the part of you that's hurting the most needs comfort. It's asking for food, but, but it's asking for food because it needs comfort. So give it something really comforting. Find a way to coddle it and comfort it and take a load off. Number two, set up automatic habits early before the shit hits the fan so that when the shit hits the fan, you don't have to be thinking about your food. It'll happen automatically. It'll just be right because it's always right because the bowl comes out of the cupboard onto the digital food scale. And number three is find something to lean on. Find something to just fortify you. Now, in the early days, something like an emergency action plan is what we teach our boot campers. And that's a list of things that we're going to do when we have a temptation or a craving. And, you know, ideally there's some social support in there, some meditation in there, some prayer in there, some gratitude in there, whatever it is. Those things are all so ingrained in me that I don't have a list anymore. You know, when, when my day gets hard, I automatically pick up the phone. I don't have to think about it. 
at the end of the day, I always make a gratitude list. There's no, there's no issue there. We teach our boot campers mantras. Don't eat no matter what, no matter what, just don't eat. That is not my food, that's poison to me. We teach our boot campers things to say, things to repeat that will get us through. And I wanna tell you what I leaned on this past week. Um, I have a couple, I, don't th I think they're boot campers or bright, probably bright lifers who sent me um, these bracelets. Now, I've ac I actually made these, but, but the coin here, the coin in each case, one's gold, one's silver, the coin says unstoppable. That's pretty much my favorite word in English these days, unstoppable. And I've got two of them right now because I'm doubly unstoppable. And um, these bracelets didn't used to look like this. They had black cords on it. I don't know if you can see this is blue now. It's blue leather, but these used to be black and they didn't used to have um, these fasteners. They used to be a whole different type of bracelet, but um, the gold one just arrived this past week. The silver one I've had for a long time, about a year maybe. Um, when the gold one arrived, I went and I got the silver one and I was like, oh look, I have two now. They were gifts sent in to me by my by Bright Lifers. Um, thank you. If it was you who gave it to me, thank you. I forget the names now, sorry. But yeah, thank you. Um, and this week I was like, unstoppable. That's like, that's a really good, you know, I should put on these bracelets. And as a matter of fact, I think I want to just wear them until this whole book thing is done. Just done. Bestseller, no bestseller, whatever. Just so long as we've made payroll between now and then. That's all I care about. Um, and just, I don't know if you know this, but like the Stanley Cup guys, the hockey players, right? Um, when the playoffs start, they all stop shaving their beards. It's like, a, it's like a superstition. No shaving when you're in the hockey playoffs. Um, and so at the Stanley Cup finals, you'll see a bunch of guys skating around with these big mountain beards, right? Um, because they don't shave. And, and, and I decided similarly, I was not gonna take off these bracelets until the book thing is done, until the book's out. It either made or didn't make the bestseller list. As long as the company's still standing, I'm fine. So um, the, they were made out of these black cords that like you take a lighter to to kind of fuse the cord together. So I, I put them on my wrist. This was when they didn't look like this. This was in their old incarnation. I took a lighter to my wrist and I started to um, try to burn down the black cord to, to fuse it so that it, it couldn't come off essentially. And instead of fusing it so that it couldn't come off, the cord severed <laughs> and I broke the whole thing. Uh, I ruined it. So now I just had these coins, the gold one and the silver one, um, and they were broken. So in the midst of everything, like in between appointments and whatever, I drove to Michael's and I bought some needle nose pliers and I bought a whole bunch of like, I think they call these, what do they call these fixings or there's some kind of word for it anyway notions, I forget what they're called. But anyway, I bought a whole bunch of little, you know, metal doodads for jewelry making. And I bought a whole bunch of different like rope type things. And I just sat for a long time until I figured out how to make these for myself. And um, at first they were too big and then they were too small and then it was Goldilocks and then they were just right. And um, they say unstoppable and I'm not taking them off until this book launch thing is over. And um, you know, I'm showering with them, I'm sleeping with them. They're not super comfortable, that's okay, I've gotten used to it. I realize I wear a watch all the time. They're not any worse than that. Um, I'm already used to them, it's been a day. And um, so I found something to cling to 
find a mantra, find uh, a, a coin or a trinket or something that you put in your pocket. Find, you know, a friend that you can text many times a day. Find our online support community and just lean on us. Find, I hear there's people out there that listen to my, you know, whatevers, you know, coaching calls, vlogs, whatever, every day. They listen for some period of time. They cling to it, you know. Um, just a steady message, whatever. Find something to cling to, prayer. Whatever it is, find something to just grab onto. When life gets hard, you gotta grab on sometimes. You just gotta grab on. So, what is it now, the 8th? Yeah, the 8th of February. Uh, we've climbed up to 5,500 books. We're grinding it out. Um, it's gonna take us way longer than February 21st. Um, to hit our 20,000 books. We're grinding out about 250, 300 books a day right now um, after our big splash with 800 books on the 8th. We'd pre-sold some before that. Anyway, the math works out somehow. Um, last night, our entire um, back-end computer system server crashed. Everything was down. Um, my IT guys, really at his wit's end. Steven, I love you. Thank you for hanging in there. Yeah, and so, you know, it's one of those weeks where everything continues to go wrong, and that's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Um, I'm going to have Stephen put a link down here to buy the book and to buy the 14-day challenge because I know people will post, Susan, you didn't put how we could support you. So just to save my customer support team from having to answer that question 40 times or whatever, if you want to buy the book toward the 20,000 bestseller campaign, it's down there. It's 22 bucks. We pay for shipping. I pay for shipping. Um, but what's special about buying it from us as compared with wherever else uh, right now is that it will get counted towards the New York Times bestseller list. We're doing a campaign and all these books actually go directly toward that. If you want to buy the 14-day challenge, it's a super cool course. I've got no rah-rah for you, whatever. If you want it, it's down there. <laughs> um, when you buy that, you get a free book too though, plus shipping. So it's $29, but you get the free $22 book. So it's a pretty good value. That course is a $250 course, by the way. So it's worth it. Um, and yeah, we thought people were going to eat that up. No pun intended. We thought a $250 course for 29 bucks and they get a free book plus free shipping for that. We thought, oh my gosh, 20,000 of those will fly out of our list in a day. Like people have been wanting the boot camp that was $997, a $29 course that gets them started in Bright Line Eating. So worth it. So I don't know what, people didn't, didn't watch the vlog, didn't get the message, didn't, didn't whatever, whatever happened, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm tired of thinking about it, but sometimes things just happen and sometimes they happen so that we can see how strong we are. And my team and I are pretty strong. I, I, may, uh, I may be seeming like I'm in a, a victim loop here or whatever, but um, the reality is our spines are pretty strong over here at Brightline Eating, and we will get through this. All is fundamentally well, always has been, always will be, and um, I suspect, I can kind of feel it in my bones, actually, that there's a few people out there, maybe you're one of them, that's had a pretty hard week too. Probably for much more severe reasons than mine was hard. Although everything's severe in its own way, right? Um, so just know that I love you and just know that if you're eating over it addictively, I understand. I did that a lot in 2016 when things got hard. I'm not doing it today. 
I didn't do it when my twins were born. So I know both sides of that coin. I know eating over it and I know not eating over it. I do know that I'm personally happier when I don't eat over it. My saboteur wants me to think that a treat will make it better. For me, it makes it worse every time. So if you need some support not eating over whatever's hard in your life, find a legitimate way to comfort yourself. It's got nothing to do with food. <sighs> Build some automatic habits because in the future, that's what will get you through the best. And find something to cling to, whatever it is. And I love you. I'll see you next week, probably in a much better mood. And thanks for watching the weekly vlog.